Marie, that was a fascinating presentation with a very powerful question. Do we want to hold agriculture responsible uh, for reducing stunting and malnutrition? I'm sure we'll come back to it in the Q&A. Um, let me at this point introduce our third speaker, and that is Olivia Ecker. Olivia is a senior research fellow here at IFPRI in the Development Strategy and Governance Division, and he will also present from his chapter. Olivia, we look forward to your remarks. Thanks very much. So I will talk about reshaping agriculture to reduce obesity, and unlike Marie, I will focus more on the policy dimension and at national and uh, global level. To give a brief introduction, we know now that more than 2.1 billion people suffer from overweight and obesity worldwide. That is 30% of the world's population. Almost two-thirds of the world's obese population lives today already in low- and middle-income countries. The prevalence of obesity is suspected to increase at current or even higher rates in all developing country regions, and of course this has critical implications for healthcare budgets and economic development in these countries. We know that obesity increases the risk of common non-communicable diseases such as cardiovascular diseases, heart attacks, strokes, type 2 diabetes, and hypertension. The obesity epidemic and the associated non-communal disease burden are primarily caused by an unbalanced, calorie-rich diet and the overconsumption of unhealthy, calorie-dense foods and beverages, like foods that are rich in fat, saturated fat, trans fat, rich in sodium, rich in sugar. Um, many of the snacks that we consume belong to this group, and as well as soft drinks. To give you an idea, between 1981 and 2011, the per capita availability of calories in animal protein rapidly increased globally. The availability of per capita calories by 13% and that of animal protein by 33%. The increase was much higher in Asia. Here we see an increase for calorie availability of 21% and animal protein availability uh, of even 133%, largely driven by China. Overall, I guess there are at least four ways in which agriculture, and particularly the agricultural and technological revolutions of the late 20th centuries, have likely contributed to the growing obesity epidemic in developing countries. I will focus on the three main ones. The first one is that improved agriculture technologies and practices have substantially increased staple uh, crop yields, so making food more available, and have also raised farm household incomes. The second way is that increases in agricultural productivity and agricultural outputs have reduced and stabilized real food prices, especially for staples and animal products, and hence lowered the costs of a calorie and protein-rich protein diet for all consumers, relatively and absolutely. And the third way is that agriculture and food policies, including input subsidies, output price distortions, import and export taxes in both developed and developing countries have led to distortions to agriculture incentives. This reflected in food supply and the pricing of the different food items that we consume. This slide here shows you a couple of trends, especially those trends in global food prices uh, and the availability of calories and animal protein. What you can see from the first graph on your left-hand side is that the prices for the most common cereals, rice, wheat, and maize, has dropped between 1970 and the late uh, 1990s by about 50%. At the same time, the price for beef, in real terms, has declined by 68%, and that of milk by roughly 40%. 
Food prices have been fairly stable in the 1980s, 1990s, and early 2000s, and relatively low compared to what, was, what were there before. At the same time, especially in the early, mid-1990s, economic growth in developing countries has taken off. On this slide now, you see here now the nominal rate of assistance for the top eight agriculture products, which have the highest government intervention or the government contribution globally. All of these food items are our main providers of calories and animal protein. This is wheat, rice, maize, sugar, poultry, pork, beef, and milk. I think the first message here is that there are quite differences between the regions, A, between in developing countries, for instance, between Asia and uh, Africa, if you just look at beef and milk, the support to beef and milk as one example. But I think the second main message is that although there have been shifts in the agriculture policy regimes over the last 50 years, high-income countries have supported agriculture products much more than have developing countries. And of course, given global trade, interventions in or um, assistance to agriculture products in uh, developed countries will affect the food prices and consumption in importing low- and middle-income countries. The last minutes I would like to use to talk a little bit about what agriculture can actually do to reduce the obesity epidemic. First of all, I think reforming agriculture policies, both in developed countries and well, as well as in developing countries, that reduce or eliminate the distortions to agriculture incentives, especially those incentives that lower the costs of calorie-dense and animal protein-rich uh, diets, can be an important contribution. If you look at the policies that are in place in developing countries right now, we recognize that most of these policies are still stem from an era where hunger was the prime nutrition problem. This has changed in most of the developing countries by now. However, we should also recognize that agriculture subsidies often have a social protection aim since farmers make up a large share of the poor population. Thus, any policy shifts to eliminate those distortions should be accompanied by equal measures to ensure that poor farm households are not left behind. Policymakers in developing countries are challenged by critical knowledge and data gaps, especially those policymakers in Africa and Middle East, in Middle East. Just to give you two examples, there's fairly little rigorous evidence on the nutritional impacts of specific agricultural policies. Hence, it makes it hard for policymakers to decide which policy is better compared to another one. I think this is an important priority for food policy research. Another example is the lack of data. Data are lacking, especially if we look at public expenditure for specific agriculture investments. So, in, again, in order to evaluate the costs and the benefit of certain policies. But data are also missing if we look at simple prices like for vegetables and fruits at the national level and hence at the global level. So the distortions to those products are not really full un fully understood. Yes, agriculture should do its share in reducing obesity, as should other sectors of the food system do, where the potential benefits of intervention are at least equally large as they are in agriculture. Thank you very much for your attention.